Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we are glad that you've joined us. Please follow us on Instagram at Sean Gaby at KC Ottawa and or visit SeanGaby.com or KingdomCulture.ca for more engaging content around topics that we will be discussing. As well, we'd love it if you leave a review on this podcast as it helps boost our ability to get this content out to more people. Sometimes what you will be hearing will be live in front of an audience and sometimes more personal here in the studio. We will be releasing a Supernatural Leadership teaching the first Wednesday of every month, so make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can keep up to date with every episode. There are many great leadership podcasts out there, and truthfully, I love so many of them. So why Supernatural Leadership? Really, it's the difference between presence and principle. Often we are led by one or the other, but what if we can combine the two? where presence is the lead and principle is simply the associate. Principles can only take us so far, but when it comes to being led by the spirit, principles don't always work. It's so easy to turn principles into methods and Jesus did not lead this way. It was not by principle that Jesus healed the sick, raised the dead and cast out demons. It was by presence. Jesus did of course operate in principle. In fact, he lived by it but only as an overflow of being under the influence of the presence. John 5.19 quotes Jesus saying, I only do what I see my Father doing. The doing came from a place of being connected to the presence of the Father. The challenge is discerning what both of them actively look like in our lives. In this podcast, we will be exploring just that, along with activations and exercises to help us grow and mature in various areas of our spiritual life. Come along the journey with us. We will be talking about supernatural things in a relevant way, learning how to apply supernatural taboo topics of the kingdom to our lives. His presence changes everything. Why not let it change the way we lead as well? We are not saying by any means we are supposed to throw out the principles of leadership but to make sure the presence behind the principle remains front and center. When we get better, so does the world around us. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Well, thanks for listening to this episode today. This is episode two of the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. So excited that you're with us. And uh, we will be talking about a topic that is a personal favorite of mine. And that topic is learning to see with our spiritual eyes. We'll be breaking down the concept of seeing by learning to close the eyes. Yes, it sounds kind of counter to what we are trying to accomplish, yet exactly what needs to take place if we're going to learn to see like God sees. Because really, at the heart of the episode, that's what it's all about, seeing like he sees. When his super hits our natural selves, we begin to start walking in the supernatural. And today, We are discussing how closing our eyes is what opens our eyes. It kind of sounds funny, but yet also true. So let's begin. I want to give a little bit of a backdrop for you um, uh, about my journey. And I, and you know, my journey started when I was just before I turned 19. I was 18, and I had an encounter where everything changed for me. I was driving on a major highway in my city. A uh, really rough place in my life, did not know God in relationship, believed there was a God, didn't know who that God was, and I had what I call a visitation in my car. I was by myself, 
and the atmosphere of my car changed. I actually didn't see anything, but I felt everything. It felt like better than any drug that I'd ever taken before. It felt better than any buzz that I'd ever had from any drink. It just, like, I felt the tangible presence of God. I call it, like, peace. It felt like peace physically present on my body. It was like every hair stood up on my body. And I heard a voice say, make a choice. And for me, that was the turning point. That was the milestone moment that changed everything for me. I didn't I didn't really know what that was going to entail, but I made the choice. I let Jesus in. I knew that I knew that I knew that in that moment... Uh, this was Jesus speaking to me, and this was my moment to to let him in fully into my life. And so I did that. I went into a season of six months where uh, I actually lost my job about three weeks later. Went into a season of six months where I spent four to eight hours a day studying the Bible, uh, praying, learning to recognize his voice. And then I would go out to the street, go out to the club, go out to the bar and share the things that God was doing in my life. I didn't know, I couldn't tell you um that I, I had memorized scripture. I didn't really know the scripture very well at that point. I just started to study it, but I just shared my testimony. I would share the things that God was doing in and through my life. And I saw powerful encounters, powerful things take place as a result. That was sort of the beginning of a hunger in me to learn to recognize the voice of God. And you're, you're wondering, okay, so I'm talking about the voice of God right now. What does that have to do with seeing? Well, the voice of God really revolves almost entirely around learning to see. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit. All the senses are intertwined with each other, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, I just want to share a few things with you regarding the importance of why we're talking about the topic we're talking about today. I learned that when it comes to supernatural leadership, one of the great standout attributes of a supernatural leadership is the ability to see different than everyone else, to see beyond the current situation or circumstance, looking through rather than just looking at. Because sometimes what we see stops us from what we are supposed to see. Sometimes we can get so focused on the circumstance, the situation, what's in front of us, that we get occupied with really realities and problems and things that don't really matter. And if we can learn to see through those situations, through those problems, we'll always come out on the other side stronger, better, and often quicker. But sometimes we get into these battles that really we don't even have to get into. So when our eyes are turned on, we see beyond the situation. It's kind of like having an aerial view. When you're up in the sky, you're in an airplane, you see things totally different. When you're down and you're in traffic, it feels like forever. It feels like, when am I going to get to the exit? But if you just bring yourself up a little higher and you can see from a different vantage point, you'll look at the traffic and you'll look at the exit. You're like, oh my gosh, it's only like, you know, 200 feet away, but it can feel like forever when all you see is the car in front of you. So it's very important that we get a different view, a different perspective on our situation. And to do that, we got to learn to see. So today's topic, as I've been saying, is learning to see. And, and I, and I want to, I want to build this topic around the concept of learning to see only happens through closing our eyes. Like I said, a, a few, a few moments ago, sometimes what we see stops us from what we are supposed to see. Now let's just dive into the scripture a little bit. Cause I think 
and believe the scripture is uh, the best place to start when it comes to discovering how we turn these eyes on and the why and the realities behind all of that. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, it really is the story about Samuel, who was a prophet, who was anointed by God to appoint and anoint the next king of Israel. At the time, Saul was was king, and uh, he was the first king, and, and Samuel had been given the charge by God to anoint the next king, because Saul had made some mistakes, and, uh, and, and that anointing, that responsibility, that function was being taken from him. And so Samuel was given... Uh, the charge to find the next king that would take over for Saul. So it says in verse 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 16, So it was, when they came, that he looked, this is speaking of Samuel, that Samuel looked at Eliab, who was the firstborn, the firstborn of Jesse, who was the father of David. Okay, so Samuel looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. What this is saying is, you know, he was called to anoint the next king. He knew that the next king would come from uh, the, the father, Jesse. And so he assumed, Samuel assumed the firstborn, the, in that culture, the firstborn got the double inheritance, was, got the blessing from the father, the special blessing from the father. He, he was the one held in high regard in that culture. And so in, in this context, he was the warrior. Eliab was a warrior. He was strong. He, he had the training and he was a, a man of war, so to speak. And so Eliab comes before Samuel, Samuel's like, oh, it's it's clearly obvious looking on the outside, looking at the package, looking at what he sees with his natural eye that this is the next king of Israel. But in verse 7, it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outer appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. What is what is God saying to Samuel? It's, it's a lesson for all of us. It's very easy to get distracted by the package and miss the content. It's very easy to look on the outside and miss the content within. And it's very easy to, to actually make decisions from that vantage point. Oh, it looks great. It must be great. Just because it has a higher price tag on it, it must last longer. That's not the truth and not the case for everything. Just because something is priced higher, looks better on the outside, doesn't mean it's going to last any longer than a no-name brand. And in this case, Day or Samuel had gotten distracted by the outer appearance. And this is a reality that will always exist. Man will always struggle to judge the outside first and will always struggle to really see through the outside and into the inside of a person's heart. It's very easy to say and walk around as leader as well, you know, if people are just mature enough, they'll, they'll, they'll get my heart. Well, the reality of it is people often will hear your words and disconnect from really hearing your heart because the words can be very distracting. The package, the outer, uh, the outer layer can be very distracting. The things you say can be very distracting. It's not so easy for people, humans, to, to get into, to see the motive of a person's heart unless they see. And this is what we're talking about today. And so Samuel was rebuked by God saying, Samuel, you're, you're looking with your natural eyes. You got to close your eyes. I want you to see 
on the inside. I don't want you to just look on the outside. So then in verse 8, it goes on. And I won't read all the scripture to you, but I'll paraphrase. Jesse calls every one of his other sons, okay? There was eight sons, and that included David, okay? David wasn't even in the lineup. It wasn't even there. He wasn't even an option for Jesse. In his mind, the father, he was like, there's no way this guy is the next king. He's the youngest He's the least. He's taking care of the sheep. He's a little shepherd boy. I mean, he doesn't have the training. He doesn't have the maturity. He doesn't have the stature. He doesn't have that warrior-like mentality like the other guys do. He doesn't have the experience. He's just a little, you know, poet, worship leader hanging out with the sheep on the hill. That's probably the way that Jesse saw. Now, there's obviously other reasons why we won't get into right now theologically, but this it's important to understand the concept of what we're trying to get to here. So all the other sons passed by. And it says in verse 10, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And so probably the whole time, Jesse, or I mean, sorry, Samuel had continued to struggle with the outside. He, he's, he's hearing God. God says, you know, we judge on the outside and we got to look on the inside. God looks at the heart. Man looks at the appearance. He's probably battling with this. He's battling with turning on the eyes of his own heart to see like God sees. After the six sons or seven sons pass by, Samuel in verse 11 says to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest, and there he is, keeping the sheep. This was Jesse's response. So Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. Verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with bright eyes, good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. And then it goes on to talk about Samuel anointing David as the next king. The point of this story is that it's very easy to let what we see on the outside stop us from seeing what we need to see on the inside. And so to, to as we get to learn to see the way that God sees, we really have to close our eyes to the things that our natural eye sees. I want to give you a little bit of an example. Uh, and I have many examples, probably hundreds and hundreds of examples of this. And this is just one of my favorite examples. We used to lead a team, uh, myself, uh, and uh, a few others would lead a team down to Mardi Gras every year. Big party in New Orleans. Uh, most of the listeners here would know what I'm talking about. Big party in New Orleans every year uh, near the beginning of the year uh, kind of to celebrate uh, just, just well, it's, it's really a religious celebration, but it kind of doesn't end up becoming a religious celebration. And it kind of, it ends uh, on Ash Wednesday and it's called Mardi Gras. And we bring teams down there every year. And we were down in this one area uh, of Mardi Gras, just loving on people, ministering to people, sharing the love of Jesus with people. You know, we're prophesying over people, really introducing them to the supernatural, introducing them to the love of God. And we, my team had called me because they didn't know how to handle a specific situation. And they said to me, there's this woman here. We think that she potentially has alcohol poisoning and she's so drunk, she can barely move. She's lost her cell phone. She, she can't communicate to us where her 
her, her, her husband is, where her friends are. They kind of all left her. She kind of got lost in the crowd, like thousands and thousands of people. She's just kind of lost. She's to so drunk, drunk out of her mind, has no idea what to do. And she's sitting on this chair. Can you come, can you come and help us? And so I came over and uh, like they said, she was just totally out of her mind. And, uh, you know, on the street over the years, we've seen hundreds of people sober up as we pray for them, just sober up in a moment. Why? Because Jesus can do anything that he wants to do. And I think that's one of the things he loves to do is to is to show people that he's a better high than any high that they can get. So if he can sober them up to show show them who he is, he'll do that. And at this point in time, we were praying for her. She didn't sober, sober up. So we just decided to speak life over her. We, we closed our eyes, so to speak, to the fact that she was so hammered, she she really probably wasn't even retaining anything that we were saying to her. We decided just to speak life over her. We were we were speaking into her spirit, into who she was, how amazing she was. We were speaking the kindness of God over her, the love of God over her, telling her how much God loves her despite her situation, despite what she's going through, despite her even own maybe rejection of him and, and disbelief in him. We were just speaking life over her and talking about God's plan for her and how God wanted to give her a better life than she has. God wanted a relationship with her, that she's worthy of relationship and kind of shared the the message of, of, of the gospel to her. And, and it looked as though on the outside... She wasn't receiving it. it. Looked as though on the outside she was ignoring what we were saying, like she wasn't retain, <clears throat> retaining anything. But but we knew because we could see beyond what we saw, we could see with spiritual eyes that something was happening in her heart. And we believed that truly because sometimes, like I said, you can get so focused on what you see that you forget that there's something going on in the unseen in what you don't see that actually is really important. And we were speaking into that area. We were speaking into what we did not see. We did not see any result. She didn't sober up. She didn't look like she was responding, but we chose to believe by faith that something was taking place on the inside of her. The cool, the cool thing is, is that I don't even remember exactly how it all ended. This was years ago. I know that we had set her up with, with, with some help and we had to get back to, um, to our location where we were staying that night and, and we helped her the best way we could. And the great, the great thing about this whole story was one year later, we were back there in the same exact, um, uh, location that we were there a year prior and we were loving people, loving on people, ministering to people. And we run into the same woman that we had ministered to a year prior who was drunk out of her mind. And guess what she was doing? She was doing the same thing that we were doing. What happened was she told us the story after we had, had prayed for her, after we had spent all that time with her, spoken life over her, within that same week, she had an encounter with Jesus that changed everything, gave her life to Jesus. Her husband ended up giving her life to Jesus, and they started a ministry to love people on the street, and they were doing the exact same thing that we were doing one year later, and we got to literally eat the fruit of our labor because we saw not with the natural eye but with our spiritual eye and seeing with the spiritual eye motivated us to invest and call out the good in her and speak life over her and so this is why it's so valuable that we learn how to do this sometimes like i said earlier what we see stops us from what we are supposed to see paul said it in writing his letter to the corinthian church he said in 2 Corinthians 
chapter 5, verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, think about it for a second. The only way you can walk is if you see where you're walking. And Paul is charging us to walk, but not the way that normal people would walk. Normal people would walk by seeing where they're going. What he's saying is, I want you to activate a different eye, a different set of eyes within you, because we're called as believers not to walk by sight, by what we see, but to walk by faith. And walk by faith, it's because we start to see into the unseen. So we have to close our eyes sometimes to what we see so that the eyes of our heart begin to turn on. And, you know, Paul Paul was very well versed in this uh, insight. And I want to continue on here is a, a verse in Ephesians chapter 1. It's actually a prayer. It's a prayer for the church at Ephesus, for the believers at Ephesus. And I'm going to jump down to um, uh, verse 17. Chapter 1, verse 17. He's he's releasing a prayer over the uh, church at Ephesus. And he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Then he says this, that the eyes of your understanding, so there's eyes, there's different a different set of eyes that he's talking about, the eyes of your understanding, some translations may translate it as heart, the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, being opened, being uh, the, removing the veil that's before them, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope is of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What he's saying is, if you want to know the hope of your calling, you got to have the eyes of your understanding opened. you got to close your eyes to the things that are taking place right now, that are distracting you, that are holding you back, that are before you, and let him turn on the eyes that see like he sees. Now, like I said, Paul was super... Uh, uh, connected to this reality because his whole conversion to Christianity started with this reality. What do I mean by that? Well, if you knew about Paul, his name was Saul and uh, he was a murderer of Christians. He was a murderer of believers in Jesus. He he was against everything uh, to do with uh, these these Christians that were doing what Christ did when he was on the earth. He was against it all. He was murdering them, and and it's interesting because the 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 God that he thought he was serving, he was actually persecuting, so to speak, in the end. And it says in the book of Acts, chapter nine, it kind of kind of gives us a little bit of a brief into his into his encounter. Like I had my encounter on on a highway at the age of eighteen. Paul had his encounter later in life in the book of Acts. Oh, well, we see it in the book of, written it about in the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse uh, 3 to 9, you can read it. And he was journeying, I'm just going to, I'm just going to paraphrase it for you. He was journeying to Damascus and it says suddenly in verse 3, actually, a light shone around him from heaven. In that moment, that light caused him, he fell to the ground, caused him to fall to the ground. And in that moment, he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you, why, why are you persecuting me? And he responds, who, who are you? Who are you, Lord? Uh, then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And so he goes on, there's a conversation that's being had here. Paul 
trembling and being astonished says, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord said to him, arise, go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. In verse seven, it says, and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. It's because to see God the way that we're called to see him in life and in situations we have to have our spiritual eyes turned on. Even the people around him, they heard something, but they did not see. When I was in my encounter at the age of 18, I heard something, but didn't see anything. The eyes of my heart had yet to be turned on. It says in verse um, verse eight, then Saul arose from the ground. When his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus. He was three days without sight, neither neither ate nor drank. So Paul, in his encounter with God, literally had to become blind to the world so that the eyes of his heart could be turned on to the kingdom. The only way that his eyes on the inside could be turned on is if the eyes on the outside were turned off. In other words, to learn to see, you have to actually close your eyes. God wanted his heart eyes to be turned on. He wanted the eyes of his understanding to be enlightened, like his prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 for the church of Ephesus. You know, and and, and we, we know this. We have five spiritual senses. We have seeing, hearing, touching, tasting, and smelling. We have five natural senses, but we also have five spiritual senses, the same way that we have five natural senses. We see, we can hear, we can touch, we can even taste. I mean, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Does that mean you're actually tasting? Not necessarily. It's a spiritual sense of taste. When we smell, are we actually smelling uh, the fragrance of God? Not necessarily, although yes, because I mean, when God turns on your your sense, um, all of our senses have the ability to be so enlightened that they engage they engage it with God in every way, shape, and form. But I wanted to say this: that every sense works in tandem with the other. What do I mean by that? You can hear through seeing. So as we get more and more into these podcasts, we'll be talking more and more about the voice of God. One of the ways that God primarily speaks to me uh, uh, is, is through sight, is through seeing. I may have a vision, whether it's in my mind or, or maybe I have a vision while I'm sleeping in a dream. Um, God will often speak to me through visions, but that's one of the ways that I hear uh, we can see through smelling. Uh, we can see through touching. For example, if I say right now, close your eyes. If I say close your eyes, and right now if you're listening, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Close your eyes. Now I'm going to say a word to you, and I want you to tell me what you see, hear, smell, can taste, or possibly can even feel like you're touching. So as your eyes are closed, I'm going to say a word. Apple pie. Now, for many of you listening, you're all going to have a different response. But when I said apple pie, because you heard the word apple pie, in your mind, you saw the image of apple pie. For some of you, when I said the word apple pie, you didn't see an apple pie. You actually could smell it. It triggered a a memory within you where you smelt your grandma's apple pie when you grew up because maybe you grew up and, you know, every every weekend your, your grandmother made an apple pie. For some of you, you could actually feel like the taste or even uh, uh, taste it in your mouth. 
But for most of us, we probably saw it in our mind's eye. We saw it there. And that's kind of how the voice of God works. God could speak a word and it causes you to see the word, which is a part of how he communicates it to you. God can speak a word and and you may actually kind of feel like you taste the word, if that makes sense. And we're going to get into this more and more as we move on in our Supernatural Leadership Podcast episodes. But I want to just open this up. I want to introduce to you this concept of learning how to see. But it starts within closing our eyes to the things around us and letting God enlighten the eyes of our understanding on the inside to see like he sees. God speaks to us this way. And as we mature, we have to become more confident in the ways through which he speaks to us. And we will get into various ways and and really developing our understanding of the voice of God as we move forward. I want to give you a little bit of an activation today. I want to give you an activation. My activation for you today is to take five to 10 minutes in silence Every day for the next seven days, I want you to ask God to show you something spiritual going on within any potentially um, any any potential uh, problematic circumstance that you're facing right now. It could be a situation you're facing at work, a situation you're facing at home, a circumstance you're facing, um, you know, in in just a relationship. I want you to take some time, five to ten minutes, every day for the next seven days, and look at that situation and ask God to give you spiritual insight into what's really going on beyond the situation. I don't want you to just look at the situation. I want you to look through the situation. It's easy to look at the situation like Samuel looked at the first seven sons of Jesse, assuming that it must be one of these, but never look through it. And never looked beyond it to see, hey, maybe maybe God wants to me to appoint a king that is actually not here, that does not even look like a king. I want you to look at your situation in that way in this next season. I want you to turn off your eyes and turn on your spiritual eyes uh, in these next seven days. Number two, if you're with a group of people, a fun activation to do to really turn on your spiritual eyes is to stand with about, get about 10 people together, break it up into two groups of five, stand, let the first group of five stand facing um, a wall, closing their eyes, not opening their eyes at all, and then have the group of five, the other five, stand behind them, and then have them scatter, have them mix and match, so that the people facing the wall have no idea who's behind them. And then, you know, a great activation is for the people that are staring at the wall, close, keep their eyes closed and ask God to give them a word for the person behind them that they do not know. They don't know, they're not supposed to know who's standing behind them. And then, you know, when everybody's ready and everybody's silent, the people facing the wall can turn to one side of their shoulder and share the word with their eyes closed so they don't know. And it's always amazing to see the reaction of of the people, not only behind the people that are receiving the word, but those that are actually facing the wall, because it's often very encouraging when you don't look, when you're not looking at a situation or an individual, and you can get a word from God without any influence uh, of the outside, it, it really activates something on the inside. And that's one of the one of the ways I want you to activate your spiritual eyes today on the inside, is to do that activation if you can get into a group. Quick recap for today. Number one, sometimes what we see stops us from what we are supposed to see. Number two, 
Samuel had to close his natural eyes, so to speak, so his spiritual eyes could be opened. In that context, we've been talking about Samuel appointing King David. He had to literally not look at the outward appearance. He had to look beyond. I've learned that when it comes to supernatural leadership, one of the great standout attributes of a supernatural leader is the ability to see different than everyone else, to see beyond the current situation or circumstance, looking through rather than just looking at. And to to close our recap, finally, we do have five natural senses, as we all know. We have seeing, hearing, touching, tasting, and smelling. And just as we have five natural senses, we have five spiritual senses. And as we grow in our relationship with God, these senses get turned on and we become more and more aware of how to lean into uh, when these senses are activated, when we're hearing something from God, when we're seeing something from God, when we're feeling something from God and even tasting and smelling. We will dive into these topics more and more as we go forward. Uh, Remember, every first Wednesday of every month, we will be releasing a new episode on our Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Remember, we're all called to leadership. Why not make it super natural? We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening.